This Seattle Medium podcast is sponsored by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. The Washington State Attorney General's Office is in the middle of a charity care awareness campaign to apprise people that they have the option of charity care when they receive medical uh, <clears throat> services and how they can access it. And with this morning to talk about this important issue is Will O'Connor, Assistant Attorney General with the Consumer Protection Division of the Washington State Attorney General's Office. Good morning, Will. Uh, good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. And yourself? Uh, doing okay. That's good. Uh, well, first of all, can you tell our listening audience uh, exactly um, what charity care is? Uh, sure. So charity care is free or reduced cost uh, hospital care. And in Washington state, there is a state law called the Charity Care Act that requires hospital uh, to provide this free or reduced cost hospital care to um, patients or individuals who meet certain um, income qualifications. Right. Now, Will, this uh, current initiative, just this awareness campaign that you guys are trying to build around charity care, uh, really started um, when your office began holding hospitals accountable for their obligation to provide or offer charity care for people who could not afford their medical bills. Uh, and in some cases, uh, they didn't offer it to them and chose to send people to collections uh, instead of offering them uh, the charity care. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Um, I believe it was early 2022, our office uh, initiated a lawsuit against um, a major hospital system here in Washington, uh, Providence Health and Services, uh, alleging those uh, those very facts. Right. Now, Will, who qualifies for charity care? Uh, sure. So the main driver for who qualifies for charity care is going to be determined by household income. Um, but, but, but before we even talk about that, I think it's really important to note, and people need to know, that um, charity care uh, eligibility um a person can be eligible for charity care regardless of their insurance status, meaning you can still be eligible for charity care if you are insured. And I think a lot of people out there are under the mistaken impression that, oh, if I have insurance, then charity care isn't something that's, that's for me. But that's entirely not the case. Um, so back to the income qualifications, uh, like I mentioned, the, the primary driver is going to be what a person's household income is going to be. Um, so under the Charity Care Act uh, right now, most hospitals in the state, and this is the, the larger hospitals, are required to give uh, patients or people who are living in households at or below 300% of the federal poverty level uh, 100% free care. And to give you know, uh, people a sense of what that means in terms of dollars, if you are living in a household of three, meaning you know, potentially two adults and, and a child, 
and the gross household income of that household is $74,580, and you are eligible for 100% free hospital care. Um, and then it also gives discounts uh, above that um, if you are at or below 400% of the federal poverty level, which for uh, you know a family of three, I believe, I'm just extrapolating a little bit here, would be roughly like $100,000, then you are going to be entitled to discounted or reduced uh, rate care. And then there are other hospitals. You know, some of the, the smaller hospitals uh, aren't required to give charity care um, you know, up to that level. It's a little bit reduced, but still there are, um, uh, you know, there's charity care available uh, at the smaller hospitals as well. Right. And, Will, this is something that's very important because, you know, there are so many people over the years who have, you know, fallen in debt and had to file bankruptcy all because of medical bills. And this is something that can hopefully pre- prevent people from um, having those financial hardships that uh, can stick with them long after they uh, are no longer under the care of a hospital. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Will, so what does, I guess, I mean, I guess two questions in one, really. Mm-hmm. Um, what does charity care cover? And then also, you know, what does it not cover? Sure, sure. So charity care covers um, any and all medically necessary hospital care. And medically necessary is defined very, very broadly. So this is going to c- cover the vast majority of services or procedures that a person is going to need or have in, in a hospital setting. Um, you know, really the only things that it's not going to cover are things that are cosmetic in nature um, or things that are just kind of, you know, optional. They're not medically necessary. But really it's going to cover, like I said, you know, medically necessary is defined very broadly, and it's going to cover the vast majority of, of hospital services. All right. And then uh, what about if people do have insurance or they have Medicare or Medicaid um, and which might cover a portion of uh, their expenses, you know, how does that relate or, or even fall into the equation as it relates to them being able to access charity care or what the charity care would cover? Absolutely. So um, the hospitals will be able to be reimbursed and they can seek reimbursement from the patient's insurance. And so charity care doesn't really touch on or, or relate to that process. And that's something, you know, between the hospital provider and uh, the insurance company. Um, but where charity care kicks in is for any portion um, that, is, that goes to the patient's responsibility. Um, and so if a person is on Medicaid or on Medicare and has a, you know, a, a patient portion that they're responsible for, then that's when they would want to reach out and apply for and really look into charity care. If there's a portion of that bill um, that's going to them, they're directly responsible for. Okay. And uh, Will, we, uh, Will O'Connor, uh, Assistant Attorney uh, General here in the Washington, with the Washington Attorney General's Office and the Consumer Protection Division, we're having a conversation this morning about uh, charity care and access to charity care. Will, what is the process for people to apply or inquire uh, about charity care? Or is that, and it, I guess it's also, is it something that information that uh, hospitals are required to supply to people? And if so, at what point would they, should they receive that from the hospital? Sure. So, you know, th- this, this is kind of the rub uh, of, the, of the issue. Uh, the key point is that, you know, people really need to apply for charity care. 
They need to educate themselves about charity care. You know, knowledge is power uh, here. So be aware that charity care exists here in the state. Um, uh, educate themselves and work with the hospital to see if they're potentially uh, qualified. And then they need to apply for charity care uh, with the hospital system where they're receiving care. Um, hospitals are required to post information um, about the availability of charity care in the hospital setting. They're uh, required to put their uh, uh, charity care application or financial assistance application on their website. It's important to note that um, charity care and financial assistance are uh, the same thing. And hospitals often refer to charity care as financial assistance. Um, and, you know, we believe at the Attorney General's office that the state law also requires uh, hospitals to affirmatively and proactively, you know, ask and inquire into a person's, um, you know, financial status and charity care eligibility before they attempt to, to collect. But really, patients and people need to be proactive about it and, um, and apply for charity care. You know, what we've seen as the biggest uh, obstacle to access to charity care is that people uh, don't necessarily know about it, or if they do know about it generally, they think it doesn't apply to them, and, they, and so they don't, you know, apply to the hospital. And, well, is there a reason why people could be denied for charity care? Mm -hmm. Well, really, you know, as I mentioned, I, I do think the, the, the biggest um, issue is uh, lack of knowledge and, and, and people not applying. Um, but a, another thing I think it's very important for patients, um, if they're going to apply for charity care, it's supposed to be a very simple and streamlined um, application. Um, if it's not, then that's problematic. Um, but it is really important once a patient, you know, uh, submits the application to the hospital that they follow through with any uh, follow-up requests that the, that the hospital might have. Um, so a patient's going to need to verify their income, but it, that's supposed to be a simple process. They're only supposed to provide one form of, of income verification, um, uh, but they need to make sure that they submit that and, uh, you know, follow through with the hospital to make sure that they've, you know, submitted a complete uh, application. Um, other reasons that a person might get denied if they're above uh, the income uh, limit um, is, is one reason. And there are a few other reasons potentially that, that people um, can be denied. But really, uh, household income is the, is the primary driver. Uh, so as long as a patient is kind of within that criteria and submits a complete application, most of the time they are going to be eligible and receive charity care. Right. And, well, I know that the Attorney General's Office, uh, especially in the Consumer Protection Division, um, your investigations are really uh, fueled by um, complaints um, from uh, the residents here in the state of Washington. Um, if, a, if a person feels that they've been wrong, not offered charity care or wrongfully denied or um, the, the, the process doesn't seem to be as streamlined or easy or able to navigate, um, as they uh, feel that it should be, you know, what is the best way for them to um, provide that information to your office uh, for consideration? Uh, absolutely. So um, we have our Consumer Resources Center, um, which where consumers can go to submit complaints about any business, whether it be a hospital and they're having problems accessing uh, charity care. And so they would just go to the Attorney General's website um, and uh, look for you know how to file a complaint, and you're absolutely right that we do uh, monitor those and, and uh, track those. 
Um, the attorney general has also set up a website specifically about uh, charity care to kind of try to spread the word, and that has information on how uh, consumers can uh, contact us if there's an issue going on with that. And that website is affordablehospital.wa.gov. Um, uh, consumers can also reach out to the uh, Department of Health as well um, if they're having issues. And the Department of Health can sometimes serve as a liaison between the patient and the hospital to try to resolve disputes. All right. Uh, well, can you give out that uh, web address one more time? I think the affordable hospital Ab web, web address. Absolutely. So it's, it's affordablehospital.wa.gov. All right. And, Will, before I let you go, um, what is the most important thing that people should know um, or take away uh, from this conversation this morning uh, as it relates to charity care in the state of Washington? Uh, I think the most important thing and, and the reason that our office is, is really trying to kind of spread the word is because um, as of June of 2022, uh, charity care in the state of Washington has greatly expanded to just a lot more people in the state. Uh, the income thresholds have, have increased, so millions more Washington, Washingtonians are now legally eligible for charity care. And so we're just trying to spread the word so that people know and understand. And um, uh, again, you know, knowledge is power. So hopefully people will understand that they're um, uh, eligible for this, regardless of whether or not they have insurance, and uh, know that you know, potentially they could save some money on their, on their hospital um, or medical bills here in the future. All right. Well, Will, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show and bringing this information, this valuable information, to our community this morning. And, you know, I personally want to thank you and your colleagues at the Attorney General's Office, especially in the Consumer Projection Division, for all the work that you guys have been putting in over the years to really uh, bring issues like this to light uh, and have some solutions and resources available uh, for people all across the state of Washington uh, to benefit from. Well, yeah, thank you so much, Chris. Really appreciate your time as well. Thank you.